Welcome to the Scuff Podcast, where we talk about U.S. soccer. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam Bells. Got Greg Velasquez. Greg Velasquez himself with me. Hey, Greg. Bells, welcome to Thunderdome. Thunderdome, explain that joke to me. No, I'm literally just talking about the bubble watch we're about to do and how uh, there's a bit of the zero sums to it. There is. Many things are not zero sum, right? Many things in life, many things in society, not zero sum. But the World Cup roster, it is. It's a little bit of the zero sum. Yep. So there we go. So uh, so that's what we're talking about today. We are talking about the the players on the fringe um, and... How in some positions uh, people really seem to be trying to get into the uh, World Cup roster and how in other positions people are really trying to default their way into the World Cup roster by virtue of other players playing poorly. Yeah, some people aren't trying very hard to get in either. Maybe that's what you meant by defaulting in. Um, Just quick uh, reminder, the opening group stage game against Wales is a month from today. Tis upon us, folks. And the, the roster itself, which what else are we going to talk about except the roster at this point, will be announced with some fanfare on November 9th in New York City. Is it possible to even incorporate new information at this point? <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly not sure if, if Berhalter will. I think you could. Uh, I, I'm not even going to like go too far to say it's right or wrong. Like These, these decisions on the margins uh, are on the margins mostly for a reason because uh, there aren't excellent choices or, or there are a couple of very good, but hardly distinguishable choices. So, um, you know, that's, that's why no one, no one's saying, uh, what are we going to do about Christian Pulisic? Because that is a very obvious choice to make. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so by definition, sort of, this is what we're talking about. And I don't know if Burhalter will allow the last four weeks of things to combine with the showings in the last window. Cause that's a big deal too. Um, so if he takes those and puts a lot of weight on those, uh, and then takes new information and like, oh man, combine what I just saw with what I saw against Japan, and I gotta lean, I gotta lean away from this player. Um, or if he, or if he just goes, nope, I've already got three years baked into this. Uh, we're not gonna, we're not gonna change course this late in the game. I'm not sure, and we'll we'll talk more about the specifics who that affects throughout this segment. Yeah, you know that reminds me of a newspaper thing, an old newspaper thing. If you'll indulge me for a second, like you, people talk about some people when they're writing, they talk about writer's block, right? I can't write because I have writer's block. I can't figure out what to write or how to write it. Well, the best cure for writer's block is get. Do you know what it is? I assume it's to leave your computer in your desk and walk around and like. I mean that 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 can help too. Edibles and <laughs> yeah, but but really the best cure is a deadline, ah. like. When you have a deadline coming up, writer's block, you just, you just have to do it and you do it. And I wonder if, you know, with a deadline coming up, it's now crunch time. If Berhalter won't make some more, I don't know, pragmatic decisions, than maybe we have come to expect from him. I mean, it's a, it's a hopeful way to look at it, but you know, the deadline's here. Okay. Are we, who we're taking to the world cup? Maybe we're taking John Brooks after all, you know, <laughs> PFOC. I've got, I found PFOX number. <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know I, I feel like i don't really have a clear sense of what Berhalter's going to do on the margins here um let's get into it goalkeeper who do you think is fighting for a spot still so i think it's still stefan johnson and horvath fighting for two spots um that doesn't necessarily mean that stefan isn't going to be the starter <laughs> but but i still look at it as uh 
he's got to convince Berhalter that um, he shouldn't tell Stefan that Stefan maybe has a little bit of an ankle knock uh, in late October. Cause that's kind of been my theory. Is that yeah. If Stefan keeps having the, the performances he had been having that unfortunately we did a scan and you got a little bit of a, you might not feel it, but you've got a little bit of a knock in your ankle and we're going to let you recover over, over Thanksgiving. Yeah. The mystery knock. You have been saying that for a while, uh, but I mean, what do you make of the fact that we keep hearing sort of the rumblings that Stefan really is Berhalter's guy and that he's going to stand by his man. Like the last people to say it, the most recent people to say it were Nico Cantor and Thomas Rongen. Like, look, I have no reason to believe that they have inside information on Burhalter, but they said it on television. Maybe they have a little bit of an inkling. It's still, isn't it still possible that Burhalter sees Stefan as the number one? It definitely is. And, and again, the fact that Burhalter started Stefan at all when Turner was available through world cup qualifying already didn't make sense to me. Um, so, it, you know, I already like kind of assume that he doesn't view things the same way that I do with the goalkeepers and that right. could definitely still be the case. Um, and, and Stefan has not had the kind of like Howler Palooza run of games that he had over the past 10 months. And he so, has been playing to be fair. He has he's been, been playing. playing and he has been like just a totally normal average goalkeeper, which is a huge step up from like, <laughs> It sounds harsh, but that's a huge step up from like this, this Howler goalkeeper that he was right. Um, almost like you, you began to expect Howlers that the bar is now so low that like when he has a game where he has four saves and allows two goals, that's like a narrative buster. Cause he didn't go on a walkabout and allow right. an open net tap in. So it's like, okay. And, and to be honest, if he cleans up the Howlers, then it becomes a lot less like worrying. I still think we should start our uh, outrageous shot stopper and Matt Turner, who statistically and eye test wise, like has been outstanding for the US uh and and for his clubs. But at least if if we do go with Stefan, there's a, there's a chance that he will just have a normal goalkeeper game yeah. and uh you know do normal goalkeeper things and hopefully won't be the difference between points and no points. The odds of a non-normal goalkeeper game are still way too high for my for my liking. But yeah, so I guess depending on if Stefan really really is still fighting for a spot or not it's i guess you could say there's either two or three spots open here and johnson and horvath probably probably johnson and horvath fighting for that third spot right yeah probably and and this becomes totally irrelevant to it for that for those two guys i mean it's not whichever one goes that will be an awesome experience for them but i think what we've seen from turner now over the past uh two months is that he's not going to lose a spot because he's not getting minutes at arsenal Right. Like the minutes he's played at Arsenal, he hasn't looked rusty. The minutes he played for the U.S., he didn't look rusty. He's he's going to play. If Stefan doesn't uh, irrationally remain Berhalter's number one guy, Turner's getting those minutes. It's yeah. not going to be the case where we're like, we, you know, that was kind of the discussion um, back before the European season started was if Turner's not playing, do we have to go with Sean Johnson because he's at least playing soccer? Um, and no, the answer is no. Turner is. Turner's looking good. Yeah, Turner's not going to lose his his place due to not playing uh, games for Arsenal. We just recorded the Friday review, uh, which which is for patrons only. Uh, You know, link in the show notes. I'll leave it at that. But you you can you could hear Vince Walkie and I talk about Vince Walkie and me talk about um, what's happened this week. And Vince made the point that uh, because Arsenal's already won their Europa League group. They might play a, a, a much weaker squad 
in their remaining Europa League games, which means Turner will get more chances for saves because he only because <laughs> he only he made one save on one shot uh, against PSV yesterday. And so he doesn't get a chance to really like flex his muscles and maybe he'll get a chance to flex his muscles more if they, you know, if they, if they trot out the Academy team in their next <laughs> Europa League game. Let's hope so. I haven't looked at their standings to see if they've actually locked the group up because you still want to do that in Europa because uh, they, they have. I th- okay. That's what Vince said anyway. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's hope so. Cause yeah, I, I've seen the things where it's like Matt Turner hasn't given up a goal in 400 minutes and we saw those with Stefan too, with man city and it's like, yeah. okay, but you're talking three shots. <laughs> Right. Like you can't use minutes as the tell for a goalkeeper who's playing in a completely unbalanced competition. Uh, so, yeah, we want to see him. We want to see him stopping shots. But we ha- what we haven't seen is any sign that he's totally out of it because of lack of match time. He's he's Stefan between Stefan and Turner. They will play every World Cup minute. So, you know, Horvath and Johnson are going to be one of those two will be along for the ride. Just does not matter who it is. OK, let's go to fullback. It, I think we're all pretty clear that Dest and Robinson are locks at fullback. Serginio Dest and Antti Robinson. Who's fighting for the Who's fighting for the other spots? And how many other spots are there? So it's two to three other spots, right? I don't think we're bringing six fullbacks. So um, hope not. We might bring five. Um, Burhalter likes him uh, a, a four right back roster, um, so he could bring four right backs and Jedi. Um, but I think the other spots are, are down to Scally, Yedlin, Cannon, maybe Shaq Moore, and Sam Vines. Cannon's hurt and has been since the U.S. camp in hmm, September. I didn't realize that. He hasn't, yeah, he hasn't been. I mean, I assume he's hurt. He hasn't played again for Boa Vista since that. And he injured himself in that camp or right ahead of the camp. Um, so I think that's what we're looking at. I don't think we're going to bring in uh, John Tolkien uh, or Dewan Jones or that ship has sailed. Um, our backup left back is either going to be. Dest or Scally swinging over, or it's going to be Sam Vines. Who, who are you? Who are you feeling strongly about here? And what are, what are people doing to make their case? Yeah, I'm not a full full on Scally lad. I won't I won't take on that mantle. But I but I do want Scally there. I think it should be. I mean, ideally for me, it'd be Scally, Shaq, and I, and you know throw toss toss a coin between Yedlin and Cannon if we're going to bring five um Cannon I guess has something to recommend him in that he can play a little center back in a three center back formation I don't know that that's really a thing that is going to be applied did you hear my eyes roll super hard <laughs> I saw him I'll <laughs> I'll report that to everybody I mean I think unless we get a big surprise at center back I um like Brooks or Ream I think we're only bringing four center backs, so we probably are going to get five fullbacks. And I'm guessing Scally is one of them. I know not everybody thinks that's true. And um, and and and, and when he really comes down to it, it's going to be it's going to be Destin Robinson playing most of the minutes, if not all of the minutes, at the World Cup. So yeah, light light a candle. I mean, Jedi's on one ankle ligament left. Uh, I don't. I know. So, I know. He's playing. He's playing. So if he's playing, he's fit. Like. I'm not as worried about the ankle ligament as that language like made it. Made that language it made it sound <laughs> catastrophic. <laughs> he said he, he said he's playing on one ankle. It's not easy to play on one ankle, but he looks fine. He looks, I don't know if you watched any of his minutes yesterday, but he looked totally fine. So yes, we are, we're hoping that those two play the whole meaningful uh, allotment of minutes. Um, and if not, the, the left back is the one that really scares me. Like if you throw Yedlin in it right back, I'm not thrilled about it. 
Uh, I'd rather probably throw Scally, but I'm also not thrilled about Joe Scally going in and being our right back. We lose a ton of uh, verve um, going from Dest to anybody. So it's really just going to be like, which who's the best Band-Aid? And, and I'd be, I'm hoping that Scally is there. Uh, and then I think Yedlin probably gets in just because he's DeAndre Yedlin. Seems like a good guy to have in camp. We don't have any other much better options. Uh, Tim Weah loves him, which goes a long way in my book. So <laughs> I would be fine with four fullbacks. I don't know that the spot you gain from only bringing four fullbacks gets you anything better given the rest of our pool. So I don't yeah. think saving that spot buys you. It's going to buy you Christian Roldan. You know what I mean? It's going to buy you Paul Ariola. It's J- Jordan Morris, yeah. <laughs> so you're not you're not getting yourself uh, sneaking in like some totally game breaking player by going short on fullbacks. That is an interesting point, and one I totally agree with. That like at a certain point, a 26 man roster is probably goes beyond what we uh, can credibly bring to the World Cup. Um, well, I mean, we can credibly bring many people, but like it doesn't really matter. 24 25 26 that much no just make sure you've got balance for injuries like make sure you have some floor setting player but once you've done that the last the last four slots uh, those guys can't help those guys won't help us whoever whoever your preferred guy is like i got my preferred guys but they're not going to help us shaq moore's not going to be like oh thank goodness now we can win this game uh, this knockout game because we'll throw shaq moore in there right he'll he, he is he can set a floor there you go all right center back what do we got so we have the striker hat going on, which is alive and well still, but the center back hat is a lot sadder. I think there is a center back hat and it's a very sad hat at the moment. Um, <laughs> Zimmerman has played well. He's played well in World Cup qualifying, even in the windows where we didn't do great uh, in the September window. Um, Zimmerman was actually the one making adventurous passes. He's breaking lines. He's looking for that long uh, ball that might open people up. He's doing it at an acceptable level, certainly to be... Uh, one of the one of the starting center backs. The rest of the group is just all in various not great places. Yeah. Uh, Chris Disarray. Richards, Chris Richards, fighting injury, uh, and once he gets back, if he can get back, he's fighting a minute scarcity um, with Palace. Uh, John Brooks and Tim Ream are fighting system obsolescence. Uh, Brooks isn't really playing much, but um, you know, here's to hoping he gets in. His center back partner had a catastrophic mistake in uh, their cup match against like a third division side. So maybe he'll see his minutes fall. Who knows? Who was, who was the, I saw the catastrophic mistake. Who was the guy who made the mistake? I think it was the kid, right? Uh, was that Silva? Silva, the one who's played, who played so well against PSG? Yeah, I think so. Like the 18-year-old who's, who's really doing well. I doubt oh, they're going to. He's very good. Yeah. They're, I mean, this is, this is a Portuguese team who makes their bones by selling these kids off. That sounds terrible to say selling kids off. By developing, identifying, developing players, and then, you know, making massive uh, amounts of money when they eventually move on to a bigger club. So they're not the type who's going to like immediately bench this kid because he made one mistake in a cup match. So I don't see Brooks's minutes really escalating over the next five weeks. I do think he looked fine in that cup match. He looked like he can play a 90 minute soccer game. He didn't make any, none of the mistakes were his that I noticed. Um, but yeah. And that's what it comes down to. We, we also don't need to see what Brooks can do. Like, we know what Brooks's level is. Um, so, yeah. So, if he is match fit, I would love for him to be an option. I don't really think he is going to be considered. So. Yeah. And, uh, okay, let, let me clarify it this way, the way, I, the way I view it. If we don't bring John Brooks and we end up starting either Aaron Long or Mark McKenzie in the World Cup, 
that is ridiculous. <laughs> it's a ridiculous thing. It's a ridiculous thing for Berhalter to have gotten us to this point. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. Um, and, and again, the only way, like legitimately, the only way that's vindicated is if Aaron Long just has a belter distributing the ball um, and like makes no defensive mistakes. And, and probably if we just show that we're going to kind of abandon our, our possession attack. Yeah. And just let Aaron Long play Aaron Long ball. Look, th- there are other outcomes that it can come off, right? Where if we don't get pressed really heavy and Eunice Musa has a has like the tournament of his life, and so ball progression doesn't turn into an issue. Um that that we like sneak by with Aaron Long just not making a lot of mistakes. Mark McKenzie not making a lot of mistakes. McKenzie can at least earn his money, you know, with some with some distrib- distribution. No, he can ping it. He can ping the ball, but it's just like uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on with him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so those are the next two guys on my list, right? And so they're fighting like howler frequency to, to maintain their places because uh, McKenzie still has that tendency. Uh, I mean, we saw it in the window in September. Like he just, he just stands on the ball and lets Saudi Arabia take it from him. A Saudi Arabia that was barely interested in playing uh, are still able yeah. to like just turn him over at his feet. Catastrophic stuff. Um, you, you all dissected the, the Aaron Long playoff uh, moment pretty well, I think, in the Monday review um, where you let Vasquez just race right past him, fell asleep at the wheel, yep. and that's their season. Um, and again, for Long, you can't do that because the whole reason you're on the team, Aaron Long, the whole reason you even get considered is because you're supposed to be the guy who never lets that happen. Yeah, exactly. So you, you can't say, well, it happens to everyone. It, it does happen to everyone. I'm the first person to say that, which is why you shouldn't expel, excommunicate players who it happens to who are really good at other things right uh the john brooks and to an extent tim ream like you can't get rid of them because it happened to them when you know they they can at least deliver a bunch of other uh qualities so so there you have it for for those guys um yeah we have we barely even mentioned ream and he's um he's playing pretty well i think for fulham i mean he seems to he keeps his spot they just won three zero yesterday over aston villa I mean, Tim Ream got Steven Gerrard fired. That's, I mean, if we're talking about what we're going to do. And he's about to get England. Jesse, he's about to get Jesse Marsh fired too. <laughs> Marsh fired. Uh, but yeah, that, like he's already winning points against England. Um, and, and we're still a month away from, from that matchup. So uh, again, I think he, yeah, if, if we're to the point where we're, you know, looking at McKenzie or Aaron Long starting, like you, you have to be like, where does Tim Ream fit into this? Um, Cameron Carter Vickers is the other guy. And I feel like what he's fighting is just uncertainty, this, this group, this uncertainty with the group. Um, and that's again, a bit of a dilemma of our own, of our own creation. CCV has been CCV for about five years now where he's just chalking up 2,500 minutes per season in the championship. And he just never got a run with the, with the U S. So we just don't know what he would do in, in our group. Yeah. Um, I know he was injured for the last camp, but when you leave it late, you leave it late. So, uh, while he seems when you like say a, you say when you say you when you leave it late you leave it late you're talking about Burhalter not including him earlier in the cycle. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's what it comes down to. We we had Omar Gonzalez in for a year before before he finally got dropped and CCV was right there that whole time even when we knew like I don't think anyone thought Omar Gonzalez was going to be a factor in the 2022 World Cup. Uh so yeah, so I mean there there is sort of that regret that you just kind of have to now bake into current selections because the current 
situation is we don't know what CCV will look like with this group. We would just have to hope that, you know, that sort of uh, professionalism that he, he's displayed in all of his lone stints in the championship where he's been juggled from team to team could maybe serve him well here where he could just come into a group, find out what his job is, job is and be like, OK, I can do that job. Yeah, I'll, I'll say I don't want to I'm not going to go in depth on it because we talked about it just an hour ago on the Friday review. But the difference between for me, the difference between CCV and McKenzie is when you watch CCV play, that dude is locked in to yes, like people moving around him and like snuffing out danger. You know, he's, he's very, very keyed in and alert. I, I, you called it professionalism. It's it's there in spades. You can see it. McKenzie's not like that. Mackenzie is uh, Mackenzie seems like he's a beat behind a lot of the time. Even you know, even against Westerlo, they they won the game six to one. You go through and look at all the times Westerlo shot the ball. Mackenzie's not the solution on these in these moments for his team. He's he's around, he's there, but you know where you see CCV making a beeline to like intervene at a moment that is crucial. I, you just don't see that from Mackenzie as often. And I'll just I'll just kind of lump uh, Eric Palmer Brown in with that too because when I watch Eric Palmer Brown's games and I watch not as all touches but I watch all of the shots that that uh, Twa Twa yeah you got it Twa uh, allow um, Eric Palmer Brown just checks out a place like all the time he doesn't finish a play like it's one one action will happen and he'll just stand straight up and be kind of out mentally while the play is still happening and again mm-hmm. that's like a, for a goalkeeper that's the huge red flag we're like hey finish this play out like we might need you we might not. But if you get called into action, we can't have that half second delay, quarter second delay where you have to like, oh, recognize and get back into uh, doing athletic things. And, and again, that is from watching CCV, he brings that to the table. And that's what I want in the World Cup, right? I want that player who's ready to just defend for his life, protect the goal at all costs at all times until the ball is in Matt Turner's hands or out of bounds or in the back of the net. Like you have to just keep doing every little action you can to minimize the chance that the other team scores. Yeah. So, you know, we leave out Brooks Areem and we end up starting CCV or Chris Richards next to Walker Zimmerman. I'll be, I mean, I'll, I'll live with it, but I'm anxious, but yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm anxious no matter what with the center back hat. <laughs> right. I'll be All anxious right. with John Brooks in there. You know what I mean? Like I will still oh, be like, for Oh sure. man. Oh man. For sure. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, a Miazga Sands trusty. Nah, it's not going to happen. I don't see that. Uh, okay, that's the center back situation. That's the bubble watch. Um, defensive midfielder, there's no bubble. It's, it's Adamson, it's Acosta, and it's pretty much settled science. All right, center midfield. What are we thinking? So what I keep thinking about with the center midfielder, is, the central midfield pool is how ridiculous it is that we're, we're like now a month away from Wales. I don't think we've replaced Sebastian Legette yet. We dropped Legette from playing after the Panama fiasco. Uh, and we haven't replaced him. We don't have a fourth eight. Like we, Luke is, no. Luke is there as, as kind of the third. Um, but he, Luke, you know, Luca has shown some uh, vulnerability. He's shown to be a, I don't want to say a full like liability, but you also can't just rely on Luca to, to run the offense um, in the absence of Eunice Musa. Uh, so it's like, where, where are we with our central midfield pool? I don't know who's even in contention. Or if it's just like we just have a blank spot and we're just going to fill that with a with another half space merchant uh, and somebody Greg values in camp and roll with five midfielders. Maybe we'll get Sebastian Legette back. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I that seems unlikely. 
let me just say about Luca, he, you know, we were, I was a big proponent of him getting caps back in World Cup qualifying and I'm not. He should have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think he's still going to go to the World Cup mostly because he's an incumbent and because like you said, we haven't really tested anybody else out. I mean, we tested so, some guys. We tested Buzio. Buzio was the guy we tested. That's and true. That, that's about it, right? We ran Buzio out there. We ran Luca out there. Luca did well. Buzio was kind of not much. Um, and then after we that, we Acosta like, as Kellen an Acosta. Yeah, Kellen yeah. Acosta will fill the cracks. We'll paper over everything with Acosta. The, the, the reason... You can't. The reason I can't feel super excited about Luca right now, uh, Luca Della Torre, is he has 38 minutes for Celta Vigo in 10 possible games so far this season. So he barely plays. Uh, he played almost twice that much just in the Japan friendly for the U.S. and he did not play well in that game. He was, I mean, liability might not be unfair for what how he looked in that game, right? Ineffective, right? I mean, okay. Uh, Never did anything to to produce threat. <laughs> no, uh, I mean he, he had a he had like ten seconds in in the opening minute and a half where he galloped forward with the That's ball true. on the sideline into a wide open space, but that wasn't anything that you know he necessarily did. That was just we found him in an acre of space. Uh, so yeah, so that's just it. Just becomes a worry. I think he's still in, right? You don't think he's he's getting no? I I think he's still in because of incumbents and because of the. Because it's not, I mean, Busio's not coming back. Probably Legette's not coming back. Although we do have some, we do have wiggle room, I think, to make that possible. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I guess who else is even in the universe of possibility? So Eric Williamson from his Gold Cup stint, but he he seems to be on the outs of Portland. Uh, I'm, I'm my speculation is that he's got some uh, conflicts with Portland's management. <laughs> Uh, Don't we all? <laughs> yes, he just. I think he basically like elected not to play in their playoff game or the uh, game that they needed to win to get to the playoffs, their must-win game, where the coach rude that he Williamson wasn't able to go in the game, even though Williamson was fit. Did you hear? Did you see the comment? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't track it closely, so so it sounded like he just elected not to play. It was. It, it comes down as like co- coach's decision, but then after the game, the coach was like, "Yeah, we missed Eric. We missed having Eric in there." Even though Eric is fit to play. So uh, he could come in, but again, seems unlikely. He wasn't involved in the last camp, and I just don't know that we would. He's going to be six weeks without a soccer match. Um, Keaton Parks would have been one that, I again, I wish we would have given him a look at some point. I don't know that he would have been the answer, but he's not coming in now. Alex Mendez, not coming in now. Yeah, I, I think, I really think, people think I'm just a, crazy person for this but i think i think mendez should have been should have gotten a look in the last camp at least in training but yeah it's too late now and, and again all these guys were asking for it's it's super likely that they would have gotten their shot not looked the part and just faded in and kellen acosta would have stayed as the last ditch last ditch option yeah or or we go with the in-betweeners where we go all right rain is filling in brendan aronson's going to run in the midfield uh, Georgie was going to kind of get a shot as that in-betweener back in June, ruled out with injury. I mean... Yeah, Malik Tillman. Yeah. Uh, Tillman, I'm, I'm kind of frustrated with Tillman because he doesn't try that hard when he plays. <laughs> that that wouldn't like, fit with I'm, our midfield. You know, I mean, you can't do that and be one no. of our central midfielders. Right. 
you can't really do that and be one of our wingers either. No, no, you can't. (laughs) And I think, I mean, I, I can see the rationale for Tillman in that, like if, if we're, if we're in a situation where we need to throw somebody out there who can make something happen and score a goal, there is a, you know, theoretical chance that he will be able to do that at the world cup. But man, some of his performances have been rough. I know he just scored a goal over the weekend. He, I think he had like a, you know, he's involved in creating a goal a couple days ago, but like there are big portions of games where he doesn't try. He just doesn't try. Like, I don't know what he's doing out there. Well, to even move away from the, the trying, the try hard side of it, uh, you know, when, oh, after his first couple of games where he had done some like magical things, it's like, oh man, if he can do magical things, he can be a, a late game magical option for the U.S. and World Cup. Because again, that spot's cheap. The 26th spot is cheap, in my opinion, yeah, for the yeah. World Cup. So like if he can do this, but he hasn't been doing it too much, right? And so we have other players actually who do those. I think I've, I've sort of made this case before, but in 2014, when we bring Julian Green, we're bringing him because if he can do something magic, he's coming in and like Graham Zuzi's going off. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're taking off someone who's not some attacking uh, Dinamo uh, who doesn't have that in their bag. So it's like, okay, this is fine. We'll roll the dice here. In 2022, we have those players already on the field, right? Gio Reyna is already on the field. So if you're looking for one moment hopefully, of magic, hopefully. Yeah, Tim Weah, Christian Pulisic, if you're, if you're just needing that one moment and that's what you're having to bank on, you're not going to take that guy off, even if he's tired, to throw on Malik Tillman for a chance at magic. You're going to be like, nope, I'm rolling with the magic we already have out there uh, and, and just praying that they pull something off. I'm not bringing in Malik Tillman instead of Tim Weah. Like, that's just not what I'm going to do. I'm just going to ride with this guy and see what happens. You're not bringing in, you weren't going to bring Julian Green in for Clint Dempsey. You know what I mean? In that World Cup, you were going to bring him in for Graham Zuzzi. Well, we're deep in the... Deep in the, on the other hand, on the one, on the one hand, on the other hand, weeds, but like if Pulisic is absolutely exhausted and can't do anything in the like 80th minute, then maybe you bring in Tillman for him, you know? I could see it, but you're going to, you're going to hear from big Brendo on that one, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Bring in Brendan. I mean, maybe this, maybe the center mid thing's not so bad because Raina can drop in there. Aronson, uh, can sort of drop yeah, in there. Not, that's not what I'm going with, but Raina can. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's All move to, there's, let's there's move to winger. Rid, yeah. There's our Stenrid bubble. Winger bubble. It's, it's hard to care for, to be honest, because we've got our four wingers pretty well sorted. Uh, and, and after that, it's just like, okay, give me a try hard guy. If you want, if you want Ariola, give me a, give me the target winger. If you want Morris, uh, leave them both off. I don't care. I want all, all of the minutes to go to pool sick, Raina and Wea. Yeah, I think Paul. I think Paul is important because just because he works his ass off all the time and he can score a difficult goal now and then, I think he's got to be there. But I mean, just as a you know, just as an option, I'm not too worried about Morris. Like, I don't, I don't need him to be there. Georgie, Georgie could be in this discussion, I guess, as a as a you know, un, as a, like a lock picking half space merchant. But I still just don't see the scenario where he's going to go in. Over way over Aronson over Reyna even even situationally. So if if he makes it as a surprise, that'd be a really cool story for him. Given you know how he got his start when Burhalter's first camp in 2019 comes full circle, all of that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it, it is. It's really it's really just hard to worry about who the fifth winger is going to be. Yeah, and it does help. It does help with the center mid 
issue too, I think, that we have four pretty good options at winger. I mean, you may not agree that Brendan Aronson is a pretty good option. I might not even agree, but we kind of have to say it because Big Brendo. No, he's he's a totally fine option as a center. He he will give you something. He will give you, um, you know, the frenetic Brendo performance. Um, and, and he has played well, he has yeah. played well the last couple games too. And occasionally those, those turnovers will, will give you something. I mean, he's not gonna, he's not gonna bully an opponent for 90 minutes, but he'll, he'll harass an opponent for as long as you put him out there. What is going on here? So it's going to be, it's going to be Pulisic, Aronson, Wea, and Reyna for sure. Four wingers. Are we going to bring two more wingers? We might. And that's, that's where those, those extra spots at fullback and center back, they could get swept up because Berhalter just likes some of the winger options, even though they don't play that much, right? Like he likes Ariola, even though he, he doesn't give Ariola time in World Cup qualifiers, he gives it to Morris instead when Morris is just back from injury. He likes Christian Roldan in camp, even though he never gives Christian Roldan minutes. But if he doesn't have like a use for a fifth fullback, he could just bring four and be like, I'm just going to bring a dude I like. I'm just going to have him with me. Hang out with me. Yeah. You could totally see Roldan. I mean, I think Ariola's in for sure. Um, could totally see Roldan being there for that reason. All right, let's move to your favorite subject. <laughs> the striker hat is back, and I was—I'm—I'm I'm a little bit glad. I'm glad that it's back because um, all of our strikers just keep scoring goals. That's a good reason for the striker hat to stay alive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody is playing well within the paradigm in which they exist, you know, <laughs> like including Haji Wright and Brandon Vasquez. I thought I watched that game last night where Cincinnati lost to Philadelphia. I thought Vasquez had a pretty good game. He, he played well. Um, and then of course, Pepe is scoring. Sargent is scoring. P Fox not scoring lately, but he's, but his team is top of the Bundesliga. So, and they've, they've been cleaning up their act uh, as far as creating more chances than their opponent in games, which was not what they were doing before when they were building this uh, lead at the top of the Bundesliga, but they're maintaining it by creating more chances. And PFOC has a hand in that, even though he himself is not um, creating a high volume of high quality chances. Yeah, he had a nice layoff for an assist over the weekend. I mean, the shot was from 20 yards and it was an absolute banger, but still it was a nice, it was a nice play from PFOC. Nice piece of hold up play. The kind of thing that again, that translates, right? PFOC holding a, somebody on his back to receive a ball long enough to lay it off to somebody. He can do that against any, any team we play against a couple of times in a game. So man, we keep saying it like he's not, but he's not going to be in, is he? I don't think so. Not with, not with Sergeant and Pepe back. Like I feel like Berhalter's like, nope, I've got my three. With Ferreira, Sergeant, and Pepe? I think so, yeah. I think it'll be those three, and I'm not super mad about it. I, for me, the, the, I guess my, the thing I feel most strongly about is that Sergeant is playing the best of any of the strikers at the moment. And he, he does the most different things the best, the well. Like it's the worst well possible rounded. way to you're saying he's yeah. well rounded, right? Yeah, he's the most well rounded. He's physic. He's he's a physical presence. He's he's able to run the channel. His his first touch is pretty good. He's able to combine. Um, Defends his face off. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe I, I said this on the Friday review, but maybe it's just the production value of those championship games, there, which are pretty high. 
but it's just there's a crispness and like an energy to the way he's playing and and to the to the defense that he's up against that i mean you compare it to peppy versus Dordrecht, uh and it's a, it's a, it's like it's a different level you know and um so yeah, I Dordrecht, that peppy that peppy clip you showed i i don't know if people knew it cuz you know the air the air de already gets uh uh, knocked on for being easy to score against so people are like yeah but it's you know it's a low level and then people are defending the Eredivisie Dordrecht are not a Eredivisie team they're a no. second second tier Dutch team and they're so not they, a good second tier Dutch team right so they play against young PSV young Ajax uh young AZ Alkmaar uh very and they very don't, low they don't level. play well against those teams <laughs> well it's not Pour too much salt in the wound here. No, I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm, just I'm just laying out the, the context. It's good right, that right. Pepe, you know, put on a show of chance creation against a bad team. That's that's for sure what you want to happen. Yep, generated 1.76 in XG, scored once, missed a boatload of good chances. I think the goalkeeper had a good game. I think the goalkeeper had a good game. I know you don't care about chance con- chance conversion. Well, I, uh, I mean, at this point, it's like a, it's like a running bit about and, and then that video was a perfect one to watch people kind of pretzel their way into like, no, but these were good misses over, <laughs> over nine. Yeah. And it's like the keeper made saves. And it's like, yeah, you know, one of the ways to not have the keeper make saves is to push the ball farther away from the goalkeeper. When you try to score, sometimes that results in missing the frame altogether. Right. Uh, it's a silly, it's a, <laughs> I, I think, I don't think, I mean, I don't even think the people arguing about that are, are they're not even pretending to be rigorous, you know? <laughs> It's just, it's just, they're just in their feelings about it. And, and we all have feelings. I, I was saying that earlier. I, I have, I have feelings about Pepe. I think he, I like him better than Ferreira. It's okay for me to have that opinion, right? Oh, but, 100%. Like, yeah, uh, yeah my, my, uh, my like defiance on the finishing thing definitely gets conflated with like me feeling that strongly about Ferreira being our starting striker. Definitely. Like, because, I, because I come in that hard on the, on the chances because Ferreira is the guy who takes all of the missed chances, uh, heat. Right. Um, you know, he's, he definitely, PFOC took it for a little bit after the Azteca, but then PFOC didn't play again to generate more misses to take more heat. Whereas Ferreira is, and I, I can tell you, we'll be right back here when Ferreira misses his next chance, because sure as you were born, a striker who keeps playing and keeps creating chances will miss another one soon. Uh, but yes, yeah. I, I don't actually feel that strongly about Ferreira starting. I feel very strongly about how dumb it is to focus on chance con- conversion. Uh, right. Totally would not worry at all if the Pepe who's playing right now regularly and getting a ton of reps in front of goal is our starting striker in Qatar. Wouldn't care at all if Josh Sargent was our starting striker in Qatar would be very interested to see what we do differently. If Jordan Pifak is our starting striker in Qatar. Yeah. All of those would be cool. I, uh, I think I would probably, well, forget what I would do. I think you're right. Berhalter's going to go with, uh, Pepe Ferreira and Sargent. And my guess is, hold on, hold on. on. I'm going to get back to your guess, but you have to tell me what you would do. You just said, forget what I would do. No, no, no. I'd leave, I'd leave Ferreira home. I okay. would. I, I, I just don't, I just don't think he has the, the physical capability to like really, to really do what he needs to do in a game for the U S and, and be a, and be a real asset. I think, I think I'd rather, I'd rather all three of the other guys play ahead of Ferreira. Gotcha. Not because Ferreira misses chances. <laughs> <laughs> and that's again, that's where it's like, that's where the conversation should be going. 
Um, I'd, I, if it were me, I'd leave Pepe out. I would bring Ferreira, Sargent, and Pifak. And for me, Ferreira is actually better in the press um, than Pepe. And I think he'd probably be better than Sargent too. And it's not just his willingness to run. Sargent does all that dirty work. Yeah. Uh, I think Ferreira is really quick in, the, in that instant of transition because of that like two-touch, really quick, efficient two-touch capability he has where we win it, it falls to him, even though he didn't show it in that, when that ball fell to him in front of goal in the MLS playoff game. But he, he will like win it quickly and then slip the next person in. Or, you know, whoever's yeah. running or he'll win it quickly and then get his shot off. So um, that's where I think Ferrer adds value over Pepe. So for me, it's still Ferrer, Sergeant and Pifak. I wouldn't be mad about that. I, I, I would start Sergeant, have him playing with Pulisic and Wea or Pulisic and Reina and see where that goes. We've never really, I, I guess we kind of got to see it against Japan, but I don't know. Sergeant barely touched the ball in that game. Right. Yeah. That was a mess. There's no, there's so, no evaluating Sergeant. And that's, that's been the issue, right? Like, um, people are very sure. Some people are very sure that Ferrer is the wrong guy, and then they'll point to like how inept we were in those in the last window. Uh, even if they're not just talking about misses, um, but there's so far there's nothing to suggest that Ferrer was the problem uh, because he didn't even play half the minutes in that window, and the attack wasn't any better when he was off the field than when he was no. on it. Uh, so so it's hard I mean, to make us it's it's hard to make the positive case for any other striker based on US men's national team play you just yeah, have to is. go to the but you go to the club and you say Sargent is doing a lot of good things um at the championship level where they don't want to make it easy for you to do those things this is not Holland where it's like all right well we're just going to have a free flowing open game cuz that's who we are championship is not that and he does it yeah and he does it playing sort of as like a hybrid winger striker too for Norwich um, he does it in lots of different ways. Anyway, <sighs> yeah, I think I think um, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be Sergeant Ferreira and Pepe, and we can win games with those guys. We can win games with those guys. We can win games without Pifak. I think Haji and Haji Wright and Brandon Vasquez are um, just life's not fair. They're both scoring goals uh, at a pretty high rate, or have been in their leagues. Uh, I don't, I think Haji Wright faces some pretty bad defending in Turkey, but still he's scoring goals and um, it's just not going to be fair. We're going to have, we have six strikers who I think have a legitimate case to be at, at the world cup for a team of the level of the United States of America men's national team. And three of them are not going to make it. Yeah, that's fair. Just, just make sure PFOX one of the three. <laughs> it's, my only, it's my only thing. That's your only thing? Okay. Like, I love Ferreira to death, and I love his aesthetic. I love watching him play. If, if, I have, if, if he's the guy who has to make way to get PFOX on, Sargent can do some Ferreira stuff fine. No one else can do PFOX stuff but PFOX. So get him on there. That's my, only, that's my only thing. Okay. And I think, I think Brawler's going to play Peppy the most. You think so? That's I do. The big, that's going to be the big surprise. Do you think it's? Is it? A, will, it will it be a surprise? I think. I think it'd be a surprise just because everything has been Ferreira in the discourse uh, for the last six months. I so, mean, look at that. Though he Pepe started against Saudi Arabia, right, and yeah. played most of the minutes in that game. Yep. And then the telling comment afterwards, not not for Pepe necessarily, but for Sargent's place in the pecking order, was Berhalter saying, "I thought Ferreira gave us a better chance to win." Uh, Again, tells you where he puts them. Yeah. Um, 
Do you think so? You think Pepe's just already going to get the most minutes, or do you think it's because like no, Ferrer's going to start and he's going to be terrible, and so forty five minutes in, his World Cup will be over, a la Jonathan Lewis at the Gold Cup. No, I think Burhalter has always liked Pepe the most, and and the fact that Pepe's scoring goals now gives him the sort of ammunition to do what he wanted to do anyway. There you go. Okay. All right. So let's. I like Pepe a lot too. You know, I think he's the great. He's yeah. the great hope. Everyone likes Pepe. I mean, no one wants Pepe to like fail, despite the fact that people were saying. I mean, d- despite all the conversation around what was happening in Augsburg, no one wants it to. It's just like, yeah, this 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 happens to a kid who probably isn't quite good enough to go to the Bundesliga and instantly help a team avoid relegation. Right. A bad team. I mean, they're a bad team. They were a bad team. They're a bad team. Yeah. He, he it's worth remembering he's three years younger than Sargent. Uh, is Ferreira the same age as Sargent? I think he is. Oh, well, Ferreira's like a January 2000 kid. So they're both three years older than Pepe, and um, Pepe has a lot of time to become a become that Bundesliga striker that he wasn't at Augsburg. Uh, anything else we should talk about? I think that's the bubble. I, I don't think there's a name that we didn't mention that gets into this final roster. No, I don't think so either. Josh Cohen's not getting into the final roster. And we just mentioned his name, so we're clear even if he does. <laughs> All right. Well, hope everybody has a good weekend. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you.